two Laura Donna Berte appearances in this economy? Italy hates baby lasagna. And won't someone please think of the very last polar bear? All that and more on this week's Eurovangelist. Welcome to Eurovangelist, everybody. I am Jeremy Bent. I'm Oscar Montoya. And I am Dimitri Pompey. And thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Eurovangelist. We got a fantastic show for you this week. Lots of exciting stuff. We got two great national finals. Well, one great national <laughs> final and one that was very long. <laughs> I'm talking Una Voce para San Marino and Croatia's Dora 2024. Uh, we're going to talk about those. And also, now that we've gotten through a big swath of these national finals, we can talk about some internal selections that have happened in the last few weeks that we haven't had time to talk about. Today, we're going to be talking about Belgium's Musti, Before the Party's Over, and Poland's Luna with her song, The Tower. Uh, we'll get to those in just a minute. But we wanted to once again say thank you. We're still getting lots of great emails from you guys. And thankfully, this week, we'll have some time to answer some listener questions. We really appreciate those emails. We love the emails. Please keep sending more emails. And Absolutely. We also had a very funny, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we're at your evangelist on Instagram. And Dimitri's been posting clips of the show. And some guy commented on the reel that the winner of Germany, Always on the Run by Isaac, was a lot like Embers. And then he was like, oops, sorry, pause the show. You guys just talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Synergy, group mind. That, yeah, that's works. called Synergy, baby. He's one of us. Yeah, mm -hmm. a listener on the same page. And that just goes to show, our listeners are Eurovangelists. We are the Eurovangelists, but now you are all becoming the Eurovangelists. And so we'd like to ask you a little bit of a favor here. We would like you to continue the work that we have begun and spread Eurovision to somebody in your life. If you're thinking to yourself, oh, I love this podcast. It's super fun. You know who I know who would dig this podcast? Send it to that person. If you got a friend who loves pop music, if you got a friend who loves European weirdness, go ahead and just send those podcasts. They're like, hey, I've been listening to this. It's super fun. You're going to dig it. That's the whole joy of Eurovision. For a number of years, I kept Eurovision myself, and I found that when I started sharing Eurovision, I enjoyed it even more than I dreamed possible. So if you have a friend who you think would dig the show, please share it with them. Let us collect another one in the group. And, you know, another fun thing that I've discovered doing this podcast is how different everyone's musical taste is. Jeremy has a very specific musical taste. Dimitri, as we know, has a very specific musical taste. I have the perfect musical taste. <laughs> but, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get all of our top 10 scores from last year's Eurovision. I'm going to post it on Instagram. And then I'm manifesting this, everybody. I want you all to go on our Instagram post your top 10 mm. of 2023 and tag us in your stories or in a post. Let us know who your favorites of last year's were and we'll compare and contrast. Yeah, maybe we'll chat about it next week. That'd be fun. Yeah. I gotta get my 2023 uh, top 10 in order because it's changed since doing our recap episode. <laughs> so please tell a friend and share your preferences from 2023. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That's enough yakking. I think it's time to talk about some pop music, baby internal selections we haven't been able to talk about them because last week we had to do five national finals thank you so much if you listened to that episode it was a lot of show this week we got a little more room to breathe only two national finals to talk about but it feels like five yeah. Yeah. one of them sure felt like a <laughs> yeah. hey, God. Yeah, yeah. 
Last week, I said we'd talk about Belgium, Poland, and Austria and Cyprus. Uh, I misspoke. Austria and Cyprus have only released clips of their songs. I only want to talk about full songs. Absolutely. We're going to do clips in this house. Full songs We're only. We're not doing clips. Full songs only. But the good news is Belgium and Poland not only have released their full songs, but they've got their official music videos up as well. And so that's mm-hmm. what we are checking out. We'll put links to them in the show notes. We're talking Belgium's Musti with the song Before the Party's Over. Let's talk about this one. My reference point of Musti, when I found out Musti was the selection for Belgium, I was really excited because I know Musti as one of the permanent judges on Belgium's Drag Race. Oh, oh that's okay. right. So I'm familiar with his work. I knew that he was a singer, but I didn't really listen to his music. So listening to this, this was my introduction to Musi as an artist. And, you know, I got to say, it slaps. I thought it was a decent song. Yeah. And like, and he's, he can sing for, oh boy. But keep it, but keep that. Please Please keep that. I've been having a little throat trouble, guys. I apologize. (laughs) Jeremy's dealing with puberty at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a lot to deal with. (laughs) But no, Moosey can sing. The music video is a little underwhelming for me. Clearly, the budget was not huge. Mm Mm-hmm. And I will say it helps that Moosey's a good-looking fella. They're really working the the glitter and the fog machine on yeah. this mm-hmm. particular shoot. Sweaty as all hell, glistening. Yeah, boy, they're missing them up off. big time. Listen, they know their target audience. Yeah, they're like, it, okay, your vision is gay as hell. Let's make this gay. Let's go. <laughs> it worked for Cyprus last year. Let's do it. Let's oh, yeah, show let's more than it. just arms. Let's do. Let's do whole chest. And honestly, uh, as a tradition for Belgium, off of last year's yeah. because of you. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you need a good LGBTQ anthem in Eurovision. I'm down. Yes, absolutely. I have to be the one, don't I? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Here it comes. Dimitri. This song is in a very interesting place for me. Okay. Because mm. this is a wonderful song. It is performed exceptionally well. It was arranged in a great way. I'll There's nothing him, to Dimitri. dislike about the song. <laughs> I know. I'm really tearing them down. Yeah, woof. Cruel. <laughs> it's the same feeling I had in 2021 with Jean's Tears, Switzerland, where like, this Uh, is a great song mm, that I absolutely cannot stand. I don't like it. But didn't that song come in like third place or something? Yeah. You're welcome, Moosty. You're going to do really well. The song (laughs) is all about the realization that what we know or what we've come to enjoy as our world is over. It's coming to an end. I mean, and you're not wrong, Moosty. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's the joyful nihilism of like, well, it's all coming to an end. So might as well have a good time before we all die. And that puts me in a very awful headspace. I don't like where that puts me. I'm Mm. as a person who has worked in, you know, various political fields. I like to try before I give up. I just don't like the idea of just, you know, surrendering to the abyss. That's kind of what the song's about, and I just don't like the mood it puts me in. Mm. Okay. That's a fair criticism of the song. Yeah, I agree with you, Dimitri. It is a a bit of a bummer of a song, but I like that it is so different in the subject matter from most Eurovision songs. You know, it's Eurovision is all about peace and love and all that stuff and unity. Uh, Sometimes it's a little, you know, but... This song is a bit sad. It's like it's a little cold water to the face a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. And it, the thing it's it's performed so beautifully, like Jeremy was saying, Musi has a great 
great. I was going to say body, but um, <laughs> I literally was just going to say body. But And I mean, he does have a great body, but what I meant to say was voice. Uh, as the meme says, por que no los dos, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do think because of your point, Dimitri, I think this song is going to do really well this year. Will it win? I'm not totally sure, but it will place, I would say, in the top 10. I could see it doing top 10. I don't think it's a winner for me. Mm -hmm. It's a contender, certainly. There are a lot of people who absolutely can see themselves in the song's emotion. I know I can sometimes, but it's a feeling that a lot of people are having across the world. It's absolutely going to resonate and it's going to do really well. I I just don't like the mood. It puts me in and that's okay. Well, why don't we find out what mood Poland's Luna puts you in with her song, The Tower? (laughs) Here's my thought on The Tower at first blush, which is a song I would say I like. As we know, 2024 is the year of the witch at Eurovision. (laughs) Oh, buddy. Are they sending another witch? This is like our good witch, you know, like our white witch. witch. It's very interesting that you say that because the Polish selection involves the story of a witch this year. Oh, what the heck? Explain. Break it down for us, Dimitri. Poland recently had its round of elections. And before the elections, Poland was under the thumb of a horrible fascist party. They're the ones who sent Blanca last year. You remember uh, (laughs) Rafael's The Ride, I believe, in 2021. He was a mouthpiece of the fascist Polish party at the time. So he Mm -hmm. just got selected to sing, even though he can't sing. These are some people who stand against everything Eurovision is. And they got voted out in the most recent Polish elections. And the new crowd comes in, run by Donald Tusk. Formerly, uh, I believe, president of the EU. What a great name. I'm sorry, his name is Donald Tusk? Tusk, yes. That sounds very close to another... He's better. (laughs) He's much better. Hard to be worse, to be honest. (laughs) Amen to that. And Tusk comes in and he goes, okay, now TVP, the Polish broadcaster, is under the control of people who actually value democracy. So guess what, everyone at TVP? You're fired. Fires everyone at TVP. And TVP under new management is like, okay, we're going through a lot right now. So we're going to do an internal selection this year. We did a final last year. We're going to do an internal selection. Fair enough. Okay. If, you're Polish, if you're a Polish artist, please submit your songs. We've got a committee that's ready to judge. It's going to be great. Stay tuned for more. Although this new party is significantly better than the new than the old party. And even though the new TVP is significantly better than the old TVP, there's still shenanigans going on with the selection process. Because the person that everyone in Poland expected to win, an artist named Justina, had a song named Witcher. Oh my God. Really? It is as witchy as all, as all hell. If Luna is the white witch, Justina is the, the, the black witch. Okay. It's, uh, all right. It's, it was fully expected to win. So the results come out from TVP. And Luna, who just so happens to be the daughter of one of the richest men in Poland, uh, wins no. the internal selection. By one point. Mm, Interesting. Interesting. So, Mm. a lot of people are alleging shenanigans, which is fair. That's fair. I would be doing that, too. If you're going to have shenanigans, don't do it like last year's shenanigans, where you deprive (laughs) the people of their Democratic vote. Have shenanigans behind. Number one, don't have shenanigans. But if you're going to have have No, no, no. Demetri is pro-shenanigans. That's that's (laughs) very clear. Pro-shenanigans. If you're going to have shenanigans, do it in internal selection. 
I would have preferred Justine as the Witcher. Perhaps we can we'll put it on the uh, yeah we'll put it in the, the companion playlist for this episode. I think it's better than the Tower, but I don't think the Tower is a bad song. Yeah, Tower's not a bad song. It reminds me of a certain band, and I can't remember exactly who it is. It's not Metric, but it's oh, you know what it is? It's Dragonette. They remind me of Dragonette. Wow! Oh, wow! Whoa! That's very early, <laughs> early 2010s talk right there. <laughs> Did the music video do anything for y'all? Like, what what was it giving? I liked the, the look of it, uh, that that sort of monochrome look, and I guess that sort of <laughs> led me to my White Witch conclusion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was having a hard time understanding the story of the music video. Yeah, I didn't is really... she beating lovers in chess, and then she like takes their souls or something? Well, that one girl <laughs> just pushes all of her pieces across the board, and I was like, <laughs> you don't know how to play chess at all. <laughs> <laughs> This is a mess. I think I think she was giving like, listen, you can suck my soul out of my body. I'm I'm yours. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We I don't have to fight for this. It's very confusing. It is a beautiful chess set, though. I'll throw that out there. Beautiful chess set. Be like a really really nice outfit. It to me felt like Lady Gaga inspired. Yeah, I can see that. But uh, unfortunately, it just doesn't have the kick for me that I need. It's a Luna's feeling a little sort of basic to me it just feels like there's something there but it's i just don't there i i leave with nothing i don't feel any it's such a nothing song i think it might make the final but i don't think it's gonna left side you know because what I mean? pe- people do enjoy this song and have rate i've seen some of the people's people's ratings and this one is pretty up there in in, in the ranking so i feel so strange being like what am i missing something i i don't know but for me Paul, i'm sorry to say it's not it It's a fun song. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think that this year has so many really odd and strong contenders. I don't know if the tower is going to stand out because these these two semifinals are going to be brutal. Yeah, because there's a bunch of unusual songs and there's a bunch of like very traditional songs that are really well done. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, if you can't hang in either of those categories, where are you? You know, however, Demetri has pointed this out over and over again. We don't have a clear identity of this year's Eurovision just yet. So don't count her out, yeah, babes. No, I still I wouldn't. think she I could. She could. I mean, she is a witch, but let, let's be very <laughs> clear here. Only one witch can win. And we haven't seen that stage show. That's exactly. True. So we'll yeah. see. And she's got money. So <laughs> I, I, know, I don't know how much TVP is going to give her, but she's got her own money. So good point. Good point. Two very interesting entries joined the pack in this year's Eurovision 2024. Glad we finally had time to chat about them. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get right into national finals. We'll see you in a minute. I'm Emily Fleming. And I'm Jordan Morris. We're real comedy writers. And real friends. And real fucking cheapskates. We say, why subscribe to expensive streaming services when you can stream tons of insane movies online for free? As long as you're fine with 25 randomly inserted super loud car insurance commercials. On our new podcast, Free With Ads, we review streaming movies from the darkest corner of the internet's bargain bin. From the good to the weird, to the holy shit look at John claude Van Damme's big old butt. Free with ads, a free podcast about free movies that's worth the price of admission. Every Tuesday on MaximumFun.org or your favorite pod spot. Welcome back to your evangelist, everybody. Okay, so we've got two national finals to talk about. Let's start with Una Voce per San Marino. Oof, really? Okay. <laughs> and maybe we could do it slightly faster. Then San Marino did their show. 
What do you mean, Jeremy? Una voce per San Marino does months of qualifying rounds and then weeks of semis to whittle 129 acts down to these 17 that competed in the final. I don't understand with all of that how this could still be four hours long. <laughs> it know, was so long. The great irony of this is that when Univace was announced three years ago, they originally billed it as San Remo, but faster. And that is a <laughs> lie. That is not true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess technically it's faster, but like we're not really living up to the spirit of that statement. <laughs> you know, San Remo is long, but at least it is entertaining. There, you're not going to see at San Remo a random man give a lecture about soccer for oh 10 minutes. God, what was that? I looked away from the screen and I came back and there's just like soccer highlights. And I was like, what the <laughs> heck is happening? Like, that's not a joke, folks. A random guy showed up on stage after everyone had performed and while presumably voting was going on. I guess. And just gave a long lecture about soccer. For like 10 minutes. It was really preposterous. Long. Yeah, it's just filler. It's filler stuff. You know, you need to fill out time. Do they? We were done. Give us the votes. Listen, we're not the target audience. We're not. They're, it's We're true. not being, maybe it, it is like a local thing that that's their vibe. But like for me, and I didn't watch it with English subtitles or I, I was like incredibly lost half the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think truly half the time because half of that show was filler. Yeah. Oof. Oof, oof. Yeah. And it's also like it's all well and good to have a lecture about soccer, I guess. But they had uh, an Italian artist whose name I, I do not know. He sang five songs. Yeah. Oh, my God. He sang yes. five songs in the middle of the competition. I was like, this guy gets to do two songs. And then he did three more. And I was like, not everyone's performed yet. Save that guy while you're counting the votes. There are still five more artists who need to perform. Why are you doing this now? I don't Listen, know. and I'll tell you this much. And this is my, I'm put the tin hat on my dang Let's head do it. to tell you <laughs> that that is the reason why I think the winner did end up eventually winning mm. Una Voce mm. because they were the last act of the night. They truly were. And by then, anybody who was in the first 10. I don't remember those people. Forgot. Who the heck are these people? I don't, I couldn't tell you. We'll talk about the winner in a second here, but what's interesting about Univoce this year is that there was no public vote. It was 100% jury. jury. Which, again, could be shenanigans. Do you think it would have changed the winner if uh, they allowed the audience to vote? Yeah, because two quick thoughts about the audience. One, every shot of the audience of San Marino was like, oh, this is an old-ass audience. Yes. <laughs> uh, every single person was probably like 60 plus wearing like tuxedos. And that is not generally the vibe at most national finals. Most national finals, you see like young people, they're ready to dance. Nobody was dancing. Everyone was seated. It was weird. But also there was a huge, huge contingent of Loredana Berte fans. Yes. Shall we discuss Loredana? Let's please. So <laughs> if you listened to our episode a couple of weeks ago, you probably heard us talk about Loredana Berte in San Remo, where she performed the same song, Pazza. I kind of forgot about that song as soon as I heard it, because I don't think it's particularly good. Ooh. But apparently Loredana Berte then applied to San Marino, where she was accepted <laughs> and performed. With the same song. With the same song. Which 
Is that allowed? That's crazy. And basically the same performance. <laughs> yeah. Well, except you get to see some cybernetic Loredana's, That's true. Uh, That's uh, you know, parading in the background, which we didn't get to see in. We did uh, not San see Remo. that in San Remo. I must correct you, Jeremy. She did not apply. She was invited. Invi they oh. broke their rules of how they get what competitors the just to get Loredana over there. Hit me with the remix. What the hell do you mean, Dimitri? <laughs> you know, Laura Donna is a legendary Italian performer. She's been performing for decades. Her sister was one of the greatest Italian singers of all time, Mia Martini. That is Laura Donna's sister. So, wait, Oscar, Mia Martini? <laughs> That's right. Mia Martini of Eurovision fame, who performed Shut in 1992 and came in fourth. One of my favorite singers in all of Eurovision history. You're telling me that Mia Martini. Oh, I can't. Oscar can't handle this. That is Laura Donna's sister. I have not oh. heard Mia Martini, but I hope she's a better singer than Laura Donna. Oh, she's Oops. one of the greatest. She's one of the greats. She also she also passed, unfortunately. So, well, rest in peace, Mia Martini, because apparently you've got some huge fans on your evangelist. My gosh. Yes. Oh, I'm just so confused because like Italian or San Marinese listeners of the show please, please send us an email and explain what the Italian fascination with Laura Donaberte is. Because, like, the song is just fine and she's not a great singer. And so the idea that she gets to compete in two different national finals. Jeremy, she has blue hair. I understand. <laughs> yes, she's got blue hair. I'm not Sam Marinese or Italian, obviously, but. Well, this is a shock. I know. I, I'm glad I'm glad you're sitting down for that. I think this is a case of a meme getting out of hand because <laughs> this is a Morbius San... situation. <laughs> I think it is, honestly. Before San Remo, Laura Donna does an interview and she's like, I want to go to Malmo to annoy my ex-husband. So please, please send me to Eurovision so I can make this man's life miserable. She was married uh, in the late 80s, early 90s to... Bjorn Borg, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Truly a like top five all time tennis player. <laughs> he was like John McEnroe's like big rival, which is really saying something. Their marriage was terrible. It was awful. Apparently. <laughs> she alleged that he was terrible in so many ways. The Swedish press dragged her as soon as they got a divorce. I, I honestly think she competed in Eurovision to get at this man. And people latched onto this story. They latched on the fact that her sister, Mia Martini, performed at Eurovision twice. They've latched on the fact that the last time Mia Martini performed at Eurovision, it was in Malmo. So they're like, let's send Laura Donna to both honor her sister with a performance in Malmo and to annoy her ex-husband. It's the, the meme got out of control. But you know what, y'all? It almost worked because she came in, second, came in, came in place. second place. I have to give credit to San Remo here because she did not sniff the top of San Remo. Mm -mm, they said, no, no, no. They had a lot of incredible <laughs> op. Like, you could have picked some artists from San Remo for San Marino and had some good, like, Annalisa's Sinceramente you could have oh, brought yes. up. That would have been a Absolutely. great pick. Like, that would have been a fine pick. But this song is like, why? But she came in second place, she and people in, in the audience place. when she came in second were like, Laura Dada. And I was like, yeah. oh, if they had an audience vote, she would have won. Good point. Very good point. It would have been a mistake. I don't think that song would have made the final. No, absolutely not. Oh, okay, fair. Before we discuss the winner, 
Is there anything that we did like? I'll tell you something. Corona was competing in Una Voce. And if y'all don't know Corona, Corona is legendary. She sang a little song called Rhythm of the Night. Maybe you've heard of it. That's right. Oh my gosh, I forgot. As in, this is the rhythm of, of the, the night. night. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. This is the rhythm of my life. My life. Wait, what? She was with those two weird guys. <laughs> that horrible song with those two. One of them was like oh my a God. DJ that looked Quest like. Quest of Volta. Oh, that song was so bad. It was so bad. The chorus was fantastic. Corona. Great chorus. You did your yeah, thing. She did her part. But the rest of it was, oh no. I'm like, oh, how did you lose the best, was best she girl? Was... Are those your nephews? Like, what is going on? What's <laughs> happening? I don't know why she was there. Come I'm going to link in the credits. There is an incredible uh, foreign film named Boats Revai, the ending of which features a French actor. Iconic. Who sort of has been dealing with his own repressed emotions the whole movie and is dancing in a club and he does a dance to Rhythm of the Night. And it is one of the most like exuberant and like moments of release in a film I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. And it's set to Rhythm of the Night. And so I, for that reason alone, I have been obsessed with that song for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Disrespect to Corona. Corona needs to come with her own jam. Get those two guys Get out those of here. Jokers, which out is of so here. weird because, like, you know, it's it to me when Corona showed up, I was like, oh, it's Florida all over again. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is gonna win. And then I heard the song and I said, oh, maybe not. But I, I was so shocked to see Corona there. That is weird. <laughs> I didn't even realize it at all. Yeah, and also to your point, Jeremy, about the audience. There was an iconic moment. My favorite moment of the whole night was you had Peak Jacks perform at the very beginning and at the very end. Um, And they're like, you know, rocking out, I guess, is what you call that. And um, if you want, they cut to the audience and they are so stoic. (laughs) Nothing, no response whatsoever. And it was the funniest thing to watch. There's a specific shot where he's like hitting some high note. Or something, and they cut to these like old people in <laughs> in tuxedos, just staring at him, be like, "What? I worry you don't care." <laughs> I I honestly think I want to go back and see how many episodes we've mentioned the Peak Jackson. I think we yeah. mentioned it every single episode of the show. I know. We're out. We're out of pocket on this Peak Jacks stuff. <laughs> no, Peak Jacks. I'm I'm inviting you come guest on our podcast. Oh, we would love to have you. Peak talk Jax. to us, and we really do need to talk about the winner. But we have to talk about. Dana Gillespie, the last polar bear. Oh yes, my do. God. Yes, we do. Because she's not Italian at all. I can confirm, thanks to Wikipedia, Dana Gillespie is English. And she's she was very popular in the 60s and 70s, I believe. She's been making music forever. And then she comes out <laughs> and she's singing a song about, you know, the story of a polar bear from her. She is the polar she bear. She is the polar bear. And listen, it is a funny song, but I'm not kidding when I tell you that was the best song of the night. <laughs> that was my juice the hell out of here. I'm you not are kidding. out of your I'm mind. I'm not kidding. It is. This is a troll effort. I this, like what I like. It is this not is a, a troll, troll move. Effort. This is not a troll move. This is a genuinely good song. I'm mad because it is not on Spotify, and I'm pissed that it's on, on Spotify. Uh, interesting you mentioned that. I've got, I've got a little story for you. 
Because you remember what? how you remember how uh, San Marino announced that one of the songs competing in Una Voce would be written by AI. It's this one. It's the last polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm pro AI. Now. Okay. <laughs> the lemon face Oscar just made after fighting that up. I had asked Jeremy, I said, let's play a game at the start of Unavoche. Like, we're going to go through all these songs. You tell me which one you think is the AI song. And he got it without hesitation. He got it a split second after the song started. I got a text message. He's like, it's this one. It's the last polar bear. I was like, yep. He instantly knew. In defense of the last polar bear, I heard, I misheard the first line as... I once had eyes as far as eyes could see. And I was like, that's AI. What the fuck is this? And afterwards I read the line is, I once had ice as far as I as eyes could see, which makes more sense, but still has an AI feel about it. I'm just a polar bear who's trying to survive, who's hoping to it does make sense after they were talking to all the writers. One of them was talking about AI, and I was like, "Why are why are they talking about AI?" And okay, that made, that does make sense that he was speaking in English. So I was like, oh, "Okay, it tracks." However, I like the song. <laughs> <laughs> this is a surprise to me, but I love it. If you've got an AI and you're looking to pass the Turing test, send it to Oscar's house. Yeah, he please can't do. Tell. <laughs> Listen, I welcome the singularity. It's <laughs> it's inevitable, and it will happen, and I welcome it. That song was insipid drivel. All right, we gotta we gotta talk about this winner here. This is Megara with her song Eleven Eleven. Now, Dimitri, you you have a fun little story about this song, yes? Yes, I'm a big fan of this band. They competed last year in 2023's Benidorm Fest with a great song called Arcadia. It was well written. They had a DDR inspired dance break. It was very you know dystopian future fun, and it came in fourth. Right, but it was against some serious competition. Vico and... And Blanca and Agony. Coming in fourth to those three is a high honor. So well done on their end. So they had submitted another song for Benidorm. They really want to get to Eurovision. And the song 1111 was rejected from Benidorm. It didn't even get to conform, perform wow. in the finals or the semifinals. So... They did what all enterprising wannabe Eurovision artists do, and they head to the land where everyone's song is accepted. God bless San Marino. San Marino. <laughs> they are not San Marinese people. They were clearly speaking Spanish the whole show, which caused a lot of confusion. At the very end, they were like, <laughs> they're like, what are you going to do with this? And they were like, she was like, what? Huh? Como? Oh, Como que? God. <laughs> That's right. So the winner of Unavache gets to give 5,000 euros to the charity of their choice and they're trying to ask the lead singer of Megara hey congratulations you won you get to donate 5,000 euros to the charity of your choice and she had no idea what they were trying to ask her <laughs> it was just not going well at all <laughs> and then she said animals she just literally animals animals. <laughs> animals whatever I mean it does make sense that the people of San Marino were like not as excited about a Spanish band winning San Marino as opposed to this apparently beloved Italian actress but I'm like, listen to these two songs, please. This was a one song contest. And yeah. You know, Wait, you liked the song? I, yeah. I thought Decisively it was decisively the, the winning song. Of I, for me, yep. it was the only one that I thought was really any good. I must be crazy then. 
because I really hated the song. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it's no last polar bear. <laughs> yeah, it's, you're right. It's no the last polar bear. A human wrote not. it, so it's probably not your jam. <laughs> I hate it. Why? <laughs> to me, what, what I didn't like is that it so clearly was a Benidorm song. They literally referenced Benidorm in the song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair enough. They didn't change it at all. And it just, it, to me, listen, congratulations. I'm happy for y'all. But can you just tweak the lyrics a little to make Una Voce instead of Benidorm? It just felt so like, y'all, really? <laughs> They're like clearly disrespecting y'all, just like <laughs> referencing their the original song contest that they were competing in. And y'all don't care. You know what? Counterpoint. San Marino is disrespecting Megara by not instantly giving them the win. That should there wow. should have been no final. There should have been no final whatsoever. All right, well, that's because maybe. No, 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 no. This should have been a a quick internal selection because they heard all the 129 songs that auditioned for this. And there was one winner and it was Megara because they actually are ready to perform in front of a crowd. I don't know how you listen to 129 songs and get these 17. (laughs) You know what I mean? Listen, not all of them were bad. There were some really good ones. There were some good ones. I'm being, yeah. Mama, the Mama song. Big Mama, I thought was was a great song. I like that song. I I was like, that should win. The guys drumming in the background, that was so cool. Fantastic, different, stood yeah. out to me. Also, listen, I know you're, y'all are gonna drag me through the mud, but I really loved those dads, those dads in jazz pants song. <laughs> um, this you, like something, we dance like this oh, or boom. something like this. Boom. Boom. Discount Il Volo. No, thank you. How dare you? They're not discounts. Oscar, I'm on your side. I, I kind of like Jeremy. Boom. I thought I thought it was like fun and goofy in a, in a very yeah. like 80s Eurovision kind of way. I know. The song was a bop, I thought. I thought. So I thought those two songs in particular were like, those songs are actually very good. And I could see them hold their own in Eurovision. And I know I'm beating a dead horse, but I do not think that this song will do well. Listen, I don't think it's going to do great. Bambi Thug. It's like Bambi Thug part 2.5 for me. It's like just a different sort of hot topic witch <laughs> getting into the Eurovision Song Contest. So we did it again, folks. Don't forget her sexy skeletons. And her sexy skeletons, exactly. So it's like, we did it again. We sent another witch into Eurovision. The witch field might be getting a little crowded these days. The good news is, Magar doesn't need to do especially well. San Marino's best result at Eurovision is 19th place. Wow, really? All they need to do right. is do better than that, and they're a success. Okay, fair enough. That's a low bar. <laughs> I think they can clear it. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. We're going to move on to a much more economical national final in Zagreb. We're going to Croatia's Dora 2024, a much easier national final to stomach as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so Dora had two semis on Friday and Saturday, and then on Sunday the 25th, they had their final with 16 finalists. Great show. Mm-hmm. Good songs. Wonderful presentation. Uh, the two semis had uh, Sliman showed up to do Mon Amour, and semi two, uh, Raven showed up to do uh, Veronica, which was very cool. Now we got a sneak peek at the songs from other countries. 
in April, you can we can start to expect uh, what are known as song parties, where countries will host a bunch of different Eurovision acts, and we'll get a little preview of what their stage show is going to look like. And, you know, especially for acts like Raven and Slimane, where it's like there was no national final, so we didn't see the stage show. It's kind of fun. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, it's going to look something like this. Neat. Little sneak peeks. And, yeah, you know, it's great to see uh, the actual vocal, uh, live vocals during those pre-parties. Oh, totally. So definitely worth watching if you are able to. Unsurprisingly, I bet Slimane was very good. Oh, absolutely. He did three songs. Yes, he did three songs. And when he performed one or more, I liked the song a lot already. But he did this really cool thing during, like, I believe the bridge where he stepped really far from the mic and the sort of instrumental went out and he was just singing live. That shook me to my core. I was very affected by it. It was really well done. I can't wait to see what Salman does at Eurovision. I'm very excited for this song. And I think this song is going to be top five. That's my prediction. I can see that. I can see that. It's a good that. song. He's a good singer. All right. But let's talk about Doral. It's not, it's not Slaman's hour here. It's we're talking Croatia. Get him out of here. As Dimitri said, well-produced show, ran pretty, pretty smoothly. They had some good songs in here. Yes, I really liked a lot of the selections here. Um, I was a big fan of especially Pavel. Uh it gave some uh, gave some uh some ABBA vibes, honestly. Yeah, Pavel is another one where I was like, this feels like a throwback to an earlier Eurovision. Absolutely. I was thinking that I had that very same thought. I was like, this could do well at any decade of Eurovision previously. So good song. Very big fan. Uh, Oscar, you're you're giving us a bit of a look here. You know, listen, it's not a contest, a comparing contest. But when you compare how much fun I was having in Unav Noche compared to this one. I was having way more fun in Unav Noche. Really? How were you having fun when a man sat up there with his comedy partner delivering jokes that literally no one laughed at? How was that fun? That was more entertaining to me than watching a man in a red straight jacket <laughs> being unwound and, uh, yeah. Oscar, drink water. Drink some water, Oscar. That's uh, Mario Batafiaka with his song Vodo Piti Trisampiti. Vodo Piti, Vodo Piti, Trisampiti, Trisampiti, Sve voliti, oprostiti, pa će živo dobar biti. Vodo Piti, Vodo Piti, Trisampiti. Listen, some of them were really great. Like, I agree. That song was really fun. But it, there was a lot of songs that I was just like, oh, I don't particularly care for this. This felt like 25 years too late. Like, this is what I would have seen from Eurovision in 2002. I will say that the, like, bottom six or so, I'm like, yeah, you could cut all these. I'm inclined to agree. You know I'm a presentation person. Like, I love a cute outfit and great choreography. But when you show up in, like, a gross olive green, one pant, one loose short outfit, a weird look. I'm so sorry. I felt really queasy watching that performance. That's uh, Lana Mandarix more. Yeah. Since you are such a presentation guy, what did you think of Natalie dressed in that diamond dress that was just a bunch of diamonds? That was very cool. It was cute. It was cute. The song wasn't that bad. The dancers were giving it. But again, like I said, this was what I would have seen in Eurovision 2002, 2003. Mm, I want to see something new. I want to see something exciting. 
Not to say that there weren't any. Let Three's performance to me was really fun and weird. What we have come to expect from Let Three, and you know what? The fact that they didn't win, I was a little gooped. I was a little gooped. I was a little shocked. Interesting. Um, I also could not stand, and I wrote his name down, Boris Stock. Oh God! And can we talk? <laughs> Snapping Daddy was not. For me. I texted Dimitri during Boris Stock. This is what happens when you give an actor a casting breakdown of like, we need a bad boy, and you don't give him any other information. He's like, <laughs> okay, I wear my sparkly vest, and I'll put a tattoo on my arm, and I won't shave. Oh, let me clean it up a little bit. He looked very bad. <laughs> it was like the act didn't show up, and so the bartender had to hold court. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I think I know. I've heard the song a few times. I could do it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then as soon as he started, he's like, I'm not confident about these lyrics. And then that was... <laughs> that was his performance, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is very interesting to me that you liked Let Three's performance, given that you also enjoyed The Last Polar Bear, because Let Three's song is an anti-AI song. <laughs> I contain multitudes, Dimitri. Okay, I cannot be pinned down. You're an onion, baby. There's always more <laughs> underneath. <laughs> Ooh, that's a Shrek reference. Thank you. Mm. Let three did what they always do. Uh, I think this was a little less. Um, how do we say this was a little less? It didn't feel as sharp as Mama stood. Yes, exactly. The 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 satire was not nearly as pointed. <laughs> But I will say I love watching Let Three, regardless of what they're doing. They're so fun. Absolutely. And we got a cameo from uh, uh, Severino of Eurovision 2006, which was lovely to see her there. With her yeah. giant pink mallet in the background. Her giant <laughs> pink mallet. So big fan of that. If you're listening to this episode and being like, what are they talking about? Just go watch Let Three's Baba Roga. That's kind of the intent. You know, the whole thing is like, this is the madness that AI creates because they, AI doesn't doesn't do what a human can do. It's just like, it's all nonsense. It's all ridiculous. This is not and the way so we fun. should create art. And it's so fun. <laughs> it is very fun. It was very fun. I very much enjoyed it. Who were your favorite picks for this evening's performance? I will say the winner was my favorite. Yes, easily. Mm. This, was, this was his show to lose, and he did not lose it. Like we were talking about, I liked Pavel. I liked Let Three. I thought Marcella's gasoline was pretty good, too. That was good, too. That was good, too. And then there were some where I was like, nah, I don't get the appeal on this. Okay, I will say honorable mention goes to Vinko's Lying Eyes. I know that the song is not, like, as poppy as I want. He is a great singer. And, yes, he had the audacity to bring a flaming piano, which we know is cursed. <laughs> don't bring a wacky piano, please. That is Austria 2015s. Don't you touch that literally it's a cursed object don't you dare bring it and i think that's why he lost but i did like the song and i liked his performance um i'm just a sucker for like a good singer and i think he was the best singer yeah you know, the theme of this episode oscar is you offending everyone <laughs> because what? jeremy hated that song so much i don't like that song <laughs> you did why it's like judge tenderly of me from norway where it's this like oh, i'm such an earnest guy in a vest and i got an acoustic guitar i don't know why you don't like i liked that song too this is a pop music competition it doesn't have to be pop go to the coffee house and sing this song <laughs> i don't know they're so wow! they're so boring to me i'm just like okay so jeremy hates seattle i guess 
<laughs> well, Jeremy, you would find a wonderful friend in Italy because Italy gave the winning song zero points when they were doing their international jury. I believe they gave Lying Eyes their 12 points. Mm-hmm. As they should. No, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the winner. Yeah, let's talk about this winner. We're talking, and I can't believe this is the winner, Baby Lasagna, Rim Tim Tagadim. How can you not believe it? This is a great song. Much like Oscar, this song contains multitudes. (laughs) The interesting thing is Baby Lasagna is not even supposed to be at Dora this year. There was an act named Zaza who dropped out right before Dora Mm. began. And Baby Lasagna was the first person on the reserve list. He wasn't selected for the original show. You're telling me Baby Lasagna is the bartender who they're like, we need another act. (laughs) You get up there. And this is what he does. That's what he brought. I really like this song. I only can't believe Baby Lasagna won because he was not only the jury favorite, but he was the public favorite to such an overwhelming degree. Mm -hmm. So he had 74 points from the jury. Uh, Vinko's Lying Eyes had 59, which is like, you know, close. And, yeah, that's and close. Let 3 was in the 50s. It was like, okay, cool. it could still be anyone's game. Let 3 got 24 public vote points. That was the second highest public vote total. Baby Lasagna got 247 points. He steamrolled. Listen, they like what they like. No one broke 25 points except for Baby Lasagna. He had almost four times what Vinko had. Like, insane. It was nuts. Like, he's been on a tear. The song has been crushing it overseas. Uh, People have been really, uh, his internet presence has been growing exponentially ever since he got selected for Dora. And he delivered an amazing song. I'm a big fan of this song. What's the song about? The song is about how a, a crisis that the Balkan countries are going through right now where the youth of these countries are all leaving. They're leaving their country. There's no young workers. It's a real brain drain as well. So these countries are losing you know, their most valuable asset, young people. And the young people who are leaving are also sad. Like they're Obviously, they're devastated to have to leave their homeland to seek opportunity elsewhere. When he's saying that th- this dance that he's doing is like a fond memory of his, that's him holding on to like the last shred of his culture before he moves to a different country and possibly becomes a completely different person. This is a oh. feeling that Europe resonates with all over. The- like Eastern yeah. Europe, especially, this is a very common feeling. and A lot of people understand Slavic it. Slavic English. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's like I know a song by someone called Baby Lasagna called Rim Tim Tagadim sounds like total nonsense. <laughs> If you look at the lyrics of the song, you are like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what Dimitri said. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to move to the city. I want to be like those city boys. They're so pretty in advance. And you're like, oh, yeah, OK. He's dealing with that sort of duality of like, well, he's probably going to be more successful if he moves away from Croatia. But also, like, you didn't want to leave your home country. And like Rim Tim Tagadim is actually like a folk dance from this particular part of Croatia. Uh-huh, so okay. the fact that he's saying it over and over and over again, he's trying to keep that part of himself when it could easily vanish depending on where he goes and what he becomes. Now, can you explain the sort of ragdoll mask heads? That no. The... I... Okay. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. That, okay. You'll have to ask Baby Lasagna about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this has a very strong Croatian cha-cha-cha feel. Yes. 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 The vibe is similar. 
the lyrics have some similarities. It's not it's like, a little deeper than cha cha cha. <laughs> it's a little deeper than cha cha cha, but in terms of stage performance, it has kind of a similar vibe as well. Oh yes, the staging was really fun. The background screen had all these neon farm animals and dancing cats. Apparently, Baby Lasagna is a big fan of cats. He his own cat is in the music video for this song. So there's just all sorts of fun going on on this stage. People doing a traditional dance set to this very modern song. I think it qualifies as an ethnobop. And you know, that means you get the two thumbs up from Dimitri Pompey. Absolutely. And facts are facts. They ate it up on stage. I mean, the they performance really is committed good. hard. Yeah. You know, regardless of your feelings about the other songs, it's like they really came with the energy and like the crowd was eating it up. It was just like I was sort of if anybody else won, I was going to be very surprised. Absolutely. Even Let Three was rooting for him. So, you know. But then, you know, they did that interview seg segment where they asked all the artists like, oh, who are you rooting for? And Baby Lasagna was like, Let Three. Yeah. And I'm not surprised. It's the same, similar kind of vibes. Absolutely. Who said Vinko, though? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Exclusively you. <laughs> <laughs> and you did see them because Let Three obviously was last year's Croatian winner. They sort of handed the trophy over to Bailey Lasagna. There were some spirited hugs on stage. It seemed like there was a lot of mutual respect there. There's a lot of expectation that Bailey Lasagna is going to do exceptionally well at Eurovision this year. This does feel top 10 to me. Easily. Easily. I know odds are not accurate, and I try sure. to ignore them as much as possible. And even tools like my Eurovision scoreboard aren't exactly accurate at this point yet. But as soon as this song qualified for Eurovision, it became the number two pick on wow. my Eurovision scoreboard I, instantly. It is right behind uh, La Noia, Italy. And uh, I didn't expect it to do that well that quickly. Again, it's still early days. Things are going to change. But the energy behind this song is strong. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely got a real shot. Good energy, good performer. Its country is behind it 100%. So. And it wasn't written by AI. Fine, I guess it's a good song. <laughs> yes, real human emotion was put into these lyrics. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. I guess if you're into that. But couldn't you imagine the last polar bear just like competing oh, in Eurovision? Lord. Like, wouldn't that be so fun? It would get a fucking goose egg. <laughs> <laughs> You would be surprised. The computers would rig it in their favor. That's true. I have a hard time imagining that going past the semis. <laughs> I can't believe the most contentious argument we've had on this show is about the last polar bear. I can't believe <laughs> San Marino is tearing this family apart. I know. I can't wait to listen to the song after this recording is over. All right. Well, we maybe need to cool down a minute here. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we've got some postcards from listeners just like you. Uh, we'll see you in a minute. Hello, everyone out there. Thank you for coming to our service. Yes. We are ready to heal, heal you. you. We are Ross and Carrie. We are faith healers. Yes, yes you there. Yes, sir. You have a spirit of... Not listening to enough podcasts. We have the solution for oh, that. Oh, we can cure you. You should listen to Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. It's on Maximum Fun. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yes, ma'am. Yes, you there. Gladys. A, a spirit of boredom? Oh my goodness, we have the solution for you. It is to listen to the podcast. Oh, oh no, no, Ross, Ross and, and Carrie. Welcome back to Eurovangelist, everybody. Oh boy, those were some national finals. Very excited uh, to see how they do at the big show. But in the meantime, it's time for some postcards. 
We've been getting tons of great emails uh, from listeners, lots of great questions. Also, we have a lot of international listeners, and they have uh, given us some context about some stuff. Uh, so we're going to talk about both of those today. First question today is from Samantha. Samantha asked, if you had to pick one American act in his, her, their prime to compete in Eurovision, who would it be and why? That's a huge, I almost want to do a whole episode about this question. We should actually, that'd be fun. We just might, we just might. But I'm like, it's such a good question. I refuse to not answer it. Yes, even though my general feeling is keep Americans away from Eurovision as yeah. much as possible. Truthfully, you know, I agree. But look, Katrina and the Waves did win and Katrina's an American. So Americans point. who True. get it are always very welcome. I mean, that's who we are, so. I've thought about this a lot, and I think my number one answer is if they had competed in the late 70s, maybe more early 80s, if the band Sparks had competed in uh, Eurovision, I think they would have done really well. That makes a lot of sense. They're a great pick for Eurovision. They're a really weird band, but they're also very poppy. They play in a ton of different styles. I really think they would have done well. A lot of their songs are about social issues that are very meaningful to people. So, yeah, I can see them doing very well, especially in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah, they're still releasing music. And honestly, that music is still good. But I Mm -hmm. would say that's kind of their prime era. Still hits. Uh, Is there a spark song that you would, you know, Uh, I know they have so many styles, but if you're going to send them to Eurovision with a song. This is one of their big hits. But like this town ain't big enough for the both of us feels sort of I was just I was thinking the same thing. The other one that I think would have done well, especially in like mid to late 80s, is a spark song called Eaten by the Monster of Love, uh, which is mm. just really weird, but it has this very like chorus where it's like, don't let it get me. That feels very Eurovision to me. Did they do that song at the show we went to? I think they probably did. It's it's one of their more popular songs. Because I remember when we were actually watching them live, I turned to you and said, this is a very Eurovision feeling concert. Oh. Yeah, Dimitri came with, uh, came with me and my wife to see the concert was They Might Be Giants and Sparks at the Hollywood Bowl. And it was very fun. Ooh. I had never even I'd never heard of Sparks before that. Because, oh my god! You know, I, I I grew outside of Los Angeles. I you know in New Hampshire they don't they don't have Sparks going on up there. But you know I was amazed. And you guys are just getting Huey Lewis right now. Right? <laughs> That's so funny. Wait, we've all seen Sparks. And I saw Sparks at the Walt Disney Concert Hall. Oh, oh no way! That's fun. yeah. I love this question because I've been asked it several times, and I do not hesitate with my answer because I think it is correct. I think Nell Kid Monet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, if you want an artist representing America, <laughs> the God. bad, oh, you got to go with Kid Rock. No, thank you. Pass. <laughs> I think anything that Janelle Monet did on The Electric mm. Lady is easily, if you put Dance Apocalyptic in Eurovision, it goes Fun. to the top five. Dance Apocalyptic is top five in Eurovision, I think. Yeah, probably. Instantly. Isn't that song like four minutes? Yo, look, there are cuts. Janelle Monet is smart. That's not hard to accomplish. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Um, for me, because of the imposed challenge <laughs> of having six people on stage, and if we're going back in time, I'm going to pitch this. 2001, 
American competes in the Eurovision Song Contest. They send the polyphonic spree. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's an interesting one. To compete in the contest. What song? I think it's a very specific night and day, probably <laughs> like uh, the march or something like that. It's interesting. It's weird. It's very it's American visual. culture to me. There's a visual element, and there's like literally dozens of them. I'm interested to see how that would look on a Eurovision stage. It would be kind of fun, I think. Also, if you that. catch them at the right point in the early 2000s, St. Vincent was briefly a guitar player. That's for- very oh, true. Yeah. So then you could have like, it's like a twofer almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, 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 that's your Vist Minusti and pull up. Yeah, truly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> that's your uh, Aliona and Jerry Hale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are all great answers, gang. Yeah. I'm actually, all three of those, I'm like, mm, those are good calls. Yeah. All right, Samantha. I, we will probably answer that question in more depth someday, but uh, hopefully that'll tide you over until then. Now, we also got an email from a Finnish listener named Katri. I hope I'm saying that right, Katri. I apologize if I'm not. And she had a lot of thoughts on our UMK episode, Finland's national final. And some of this stuff I think is really interesting. So I just wanted to uh, read what she sent us. She was very happy that Mikael Gabriel, Vox Populi, didn't win. Good. Uh, mm. And said, Dimitri gave some good context about his vibe. But she said, you didn't mention that he used to have a Putin tattoo. <laughs> God. that he did cover when russia attacked crimea but it's and it's like yeah if i had known that i don't think i would have been so hot on that song apologies for that it's like she says in her email it's not like putin was a good dude before crimea like <laughs> yeah, why truly. would you it's ever like, get a putin oh tattoo? yeah after crimea i'm getting rid of this tattoo it's like he's a monster yeah maybe i won't be giving vox populated anymore to listens she said that she voted for windows 95 man she didn't really wasn't really into any of the songs so decided to just go by performance and I, if you're going by performance surely windows 95 man is the choice unbeatable but she pointed out that we didn't really know who the singer <gasps> that's right i mentioned that yes. yeah and she said that singer is a producer, singer, and voice actor. His biggest role is on the Finnish dub of Paw Patrol. <laughs> no Shut way. Up. I love it. <laughs> that's awesome. Which I got to say, I was like, that's kind of bringing me over to Windows 95. Man. I love, I'm a fan now. Yeah. I'm fully, I was a fan before. I'm more of a fan now. Nice work if you can get it, honestly. Congratulate. We, we ought to learn this mm-hmm. man's name because now we, now we like him. So that's awesome. I mean, uh, let, let the record state I've always liked him. Okay. That's yeah. Fair. Good point. Good point. Those uh, denim swatches that made <laughs> up his jacket. You're always a big fan of those. <laughs> We were also talking about Karia before he sang Cha 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 did a duet with someone and they had really great chemistry. The song was super fun. It turns out that is a Finnish singer named Erika Wiekman and Erika competed in UMK in 2020 with mm. the song Chicholina. We'll link that song. She didn't win, but like apparently it was a very pretty popular song. She came in third place. You know, respect. Good. That's still good. That's pretty, good. Pretty good. As soon as I read this email, I remembered that because the winner of, of UMK 2020 was Axel, and I absolutely despise that song. It was not, Ooh. it was not good. It's the Isaac case again. Great singer. The song is not good. Well, I'm glad she's getting a chance to sign. She was terrific. Yeah, maybe she'll try again. Also, she wanted to point out, she says, I have a slight correction for you. You implied 
Curry was big before UMK when you were talking about like why countries don't just send their biggest stars. She says she he was pretty much unknown before UMK. Maybe about as famous as Windows 95 Man is now. Uh, he had his fans and he had released albums, but he wasn't as famous as other acts that year, like the Portion Boys or Robin Pakalan, who has been described as the Finnish Justin Bieber. Mm. So he was kind of a dark horse that year, but obviously now he is a massive Finnish star. That's fair. I, we welcome corrections. You know, we are often trying to it. translate through languages that we don't understand. <laughs> and if I could make a tweak to what we said, it was that he, Kari was popular with people who knew Kari. Like his fan base is rabid. He had a very small but devoted fan. Absolutely. Okay. Now he's famous. Well, yes, that country is absolutely correct. And Oscar regrets the error. He fed me bad information. Yeah, it's all, it's all his fault. I don't remember that being the case. Oh, my God. You know who would never do this? AI would never betray like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. AI would never betray us. Hey, Oscar, have you ever seen the movie Terminator before? Yeah, a fake movie. <laughs> well, thank you, folks, for sending those. Katri and Samantha, those were great. Please keep sending them. We have we have tons. And if you're waiting for us to get to your question, we will get to it. We just haven't been able to do questions recently. And uh, we have a lot. And we, we thank you for sending them. We love you. Also, thank you to Brian, a listener who left a review for us saying, a dear friend has been talking to me about Eurovision for years and suggested this podcast, despite knowing that I have 0% knowledge of the contest. Welp, turns out I love listening to people talk about things I know nothing about, so long as they're having a good time, which these folks clearly are. The only thing that would make this better would be having a Eurovision virgin on to say things like, what do you mean the UK might have scored zero points because of the Iraq war? Uh, which I, I think uh, I kind of did say in our podcast. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're not a Eurovision virgin I know, anymore. I'm not, it's like, you, I'm sort of the I Eurovision know. newbie, but now because I'm <laughs> editing the show, it's like, I have a ton of exposure to Eurovision. So yeah, I don't know that we have a total Eurovision virgin on the show anymore. I think that as we go back and do some previous years and yeah, talk I'm not about gonna, some Eurovision legends, your mind is still ripe to being blown. And of course, we're going to have some guests on who don't know anything about Eurovision, and that'll be fun too, to introduce them to the show. But Brian, I specifically wanted to read your review because we have gotten some fantastic information about what we mentioned in the pilot when the UK got a nil point in 2003 because supposedly because of their support of the Iraq war. We found out the British politician who suggested that was the case. And Dimitri, drumroll please. And that was, in fact, former leader of the Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn. It wasn't some random dude. It was like a huge presence in British politics was like, they're not voting for us because of our support of the Iraq war. Like, arguably, Jeremy Corbyn could have been prime minister. Yeah, truly yeah. was not far away from that happening. <laughs> and he's like, how dare they give us nil point? <laughs> I, I cannot believe I found that. I was so thrilled to find out it was Corbyn because that makes this story even it's better. It's even better. It's even better. It truly is like... It's the most Corbyn thing you could possibly think of. <laughs> yeah, it's like Nancy Pelosi getting really invested in the American Song Contest. And you're like, <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. So, Brian, thank you for that review. Uh, we'll try to get some Eurovision virgins on the show. I, I think it actually would be fun. Absolutely. We do have some guests coming up in the next few weeks that we're very excited about, but we'll tell you more about them when they get here. Oh, Jeremy, you can tell them about our guests next week. Oh, that's a good point. We are very excited to have a fellow Max Fun host, Dr. Ella Hubber, coming on the show from Let's Learn Everything. You may be familiar with that show. She is joining us next week to talk about not only 
the national finals happening next week, Iceland's Song Vekepinen and Serbia's Pesma's Eurovizu, both of which will likely be a delight. But she is going to talk to us about Ali Alexander's single for Eurovision. The UK is releasing their single next week, and we thought, let's get a Brit on to talk about it. So Dr. Ella will be joining us. It's going to be very exciting. Can't wait. You know, Ollie Alexander has been a presence in the UK pop scene for a while. The song is called Dizzy, and we're excited to hear Brit tell us why we should or should not like it. <laughs> and of course, abide by what she says. We will. Exactly. No we're very docile people on the show. Yeah, we're very. Not me. <laughs> I'm going to be rude as heck. Just you wait. <laughs> also, if you're a real deep cut Bell and Sebastian fan, Ollie Alexander was in their movie, God Help the Girl, from like 12 years ago. That's right. Wow. It's it's like having Ella right here with us now. Well, be sure to check out next week's episode where Ella will actually be here and will surely be exciting. We got a heck of a show next week, so we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Please think of the polar bears. <laughs> Why does AI care about a polar bear at all? Because they're environmentalists. Mm, okay, that's fair. <laughs> This has been Eurovangelist, your guide to the Eurovision Song Contest. Your hosts have been myself, Jeremy Bent, Oscar Montoya, and Dimitri Pompey. Our theme was arranged and recorded by Cody McCory and Faye Fatum, and the Eurovangelist logo was designed by Tom Deha. Production support for this show was provided by the Maximum Fun Network, in particular Stacey Molsky and Laura Swisher. We call her the Swish. The show was edited by myself with audio mixing help, courtesy of the sound wizard himself, Shane O'Connell. You can find us on social media as at Eurovangelist on Twitter and Instagram, or send us an email at Eurovangelist at gmail.com. Also follow the Eurovangelist account on Spotify and check out our playlists of Eurovision hits, competitors and upcoming national files, and companion playlists to every single episode, including this one. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Music